Welcome to Better Family Travel with Amy and Kathleen, the podcast where we'll help you plan fun, enriching, and affordable experiences for you and your family that meet your goals. We'll ask ourselves hard questions, reveal our mistakes, and share a new perspective on what better family travel can look like for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or your journeys are just starting, you're a better family traveler just by tuning in. We're here with an episode of Better Family Travel, another summer session. This is Kathleen Monroe with Amy DeCesare. Amy, what are we talking about tonight? Well, Kathleen, we're tonight we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts, (laughs) how to travel successfully with another family. So that's a good topic. I know a family that I travel with. (laughs) It's you. But it, it hasn't been that long. And I feel that you, our families have learned some things in traveling together. And, you know, we've always said, well, we've said that this, this, this podcast is about mindset and strategies. So we've done a lot on mindset. And so I thought tonight would be a good one to just talk about some strategies that people can learn from some of the things maybe that we've done, take what works for them, see if things will make it work for them and uh, to help them travel with another family. I have a question for you. Did you travel with other families when you were a kid? We did a few times, but not not often. It was mostly our family. We didn't really have another family that we were super close with and that meshed together. And so occasionally we did do it. We went on a camping trip and my parents uh, liked to go camping when I was very little. And then again, when I was a teenager, we went on a a few camping trips with another family with a camper. But in general, it was usually just our family going places. How about yourself? After this experience, these last couple of years with you guys, I felt like, oh, I finally joined the, you know, team vacationing club as thinking that I didn't do this as a kid. But as I thought a little bit about what to talk about tonight, it dawned on me that, in fact, I've done tons and tons and tons of vacationing with multiple families, my family, my extended family, but it is the same deal. There's a, you know, a level of familiarity with your cousins, aunts and uncles that varies from we see each other every weekend to I see you once every couple of years, you know, or less, who knows, right? So the truth is, now that I really think about it, I've done and have had many an entire lifetime of modeling for me of what it's like to compromise and collaborate and survive and (laughs) decompress and all those things that are really like required when you travel with larger groups. So you know, Traveling versus vacation, we've talked about that in the past. Is there a difference? And I think we definitely can make a case that there's a difference. I have not done much traveling. Like we go to the same, we go to my grandparents' house and we all camp in the different various levels, living room, kids' room, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Or we have rented on the Jersey Shore. My grandmother, when she was alive, rented duplex houses and we had a row of them and we would all all of the aunts and uncles and all of the cousins would stay together which now reminds me of what we are doing staying close to each other um while we're on vacation and I I'm really glad now that I've made that connection because I'm realizing that some of our successes I think come from just being able to go with the flow 
Yeah. So, you know, I think strategy number one, mm -hmm. know your family and know if you're a go with the flow family or not. I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing. I was putting together some notes for this show and I surveyed my family too on tips for traveling with another family. But I think at the heart of it, it's tips for traveling with you know, when, when you were single and you traveled with other people, right? You sort of have to know yourself and see if it's a meshing style because you could be total BFFs with somebody, right? Or let's, we won't touch the dating topic, but there's traveling together. It may not even be your best friend, but you travel well. So it's a, it's a complimentary style. It doesn't even have to be the same style. It has to be complimentary that you can truly travel. It's, it's much like picking a roommate in some ways. So a lot of those same strategies go into it. Will you mesh? But now it's not just, hey, will we mesh and be able to enjoy ourselves? Will our families mesh? Will there, you know, what what's going on? I remember, you know, so just for our better family travelers, our families have known each other for slightly less than three years now. <laughs> you know, I think people who have listened before know we live across the street from each other, but the street is a highway. So it's not like we easily pop across the street. Um, so it always takes a little work to get together. And we both, our, fa our families both have five people in them. And so... So when we get together, we are a crowd. We, we are a crowd. We are a field trip when we when we go anywhere. It is a field trip. <laughs> it absolutely is a field trip. And that's, that's some of the things, you know, I, I was thinking that too on the activities, but... You know, I remember the first time, you know, because you and I, we got along, our families were, were getting together and much like, I'm always like, let's do this. And then I was like, do you guys want to go away? And then after it's like, oh, I hope this is going to work out. Why <laughs> did you ask us? Why did you ask me to go away with you? I mean, what, what made we you think like, you could take that leap? You know, that's a... I'm not really sure. I mean, one... I tend to leap anyway. And then I tend to be the one love to make plans. And I'm also very happy when plans get canceled. That's just my nature. So yeah, like I, I was like, Hey, this is a great idea. And then when our husband signed on to it, I was like, wow. Okay. Right. I, I honestly wasn't really expecting it. I, I really, I'm not sure I expected it to leave fantasy land. Like I think we're at the softball games, right? We were at the ball games talking and it's like, Oh, you live in New Hampshire. I like, oh, wow, you pass your phone over thing. with a verbo and you're like, Hey, look at this house. What if we rented this? It's got plenty of space for everyone. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Which surprised me too. And you know, I've described myself as a yes person. And we just talked about this recently the other day. I described yeah. myself as a yes person, but um, you know how people kind of describe that like uh, extroverted introvert yeah. where, you know, like to, to, to commit to something like that, that's so social for such a long period of time is very uncharacteristic. Yeah. I mean, and it's, so it was a big leap to say yes. It, it is kind of scary. And at that point we hadn't known each other for a year. So our families had started to socialize. We were, we were hanging out at ball games, but we, we, it wasn't like we'd known each other for years. This clearly was going to work out. It was a big leap. So, you know what, I'll tell you what though, when we did hang out, it was, it was endless amounts of time. We would get together and then it was never enough time. We had yeah. a, like, we instantly knew that we could spend lots of time together mm -hmm. and it would, and it was always good. I wasn't, right. we never got to that point where it was like, Oh, I've had enough. I got to get going. I mean, we, we had to, 
end our gatherings because the sun went down for the love of Pete, right? Like, yeah. It was like, and our we, children need to go to bed. We need to stop right. hanging out. That was kind of a sign that we have sustainability in terms of compatibility. I agree. So in the wanting to hang out more, this is one of my first things was, you know, tips and thinking about, I think location matters. And and by location, I don't mean where you go, but where you stay. Right. I don't know. So we, we rented the first time we rented, we've rented a few times now. We rented a house together. We've rented, you know, we've rented a condo. We rented a house. And then we have, you've rented the, like the, my parents own a duplex. You've rented one side and we've stayed upstairs and we've done that now three times actually because of COVID and we're about to do it a fourth time. So we've had a few different places. We've never done a hotel. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Do you think, well, let me back up. We've been successful on what we've done. And I, I think, you know, we've done the Cape and we've done the, the places that we rent at the Cape are very small. So we have the outdoor space, but it's summertime. Right. Right. And so we can spread out. I think when I asked, so I, it's funny, I asked my kids like, hey, we're doing this topic on vacationing with another family. So can you give me some tips that you think we should cover? So the first thing, Maddie's first tip was bring plastic plates and silverware. (laughs) You always need more dishes. So, which is true. This is brilliant. It's a tip. And the truth is when you rent a house, they don't provide endless amounts. So unless you always want to do dishes, it makes your life easier as if to pack some paper plates and plastic silverware. That is a good tip. So I'm just going to throw in Maddie's tip there. Hilarious. But the second tip was my kids thought that look for where the kids can share a room, like a big communal space with bunk beds. They loved that. So, but it can seem intimidating as parents to be like, so we're going to put six kids together? In one one room? You know. But to them, it was like a big giant sleepover. Yeah. And and a big kids room puts them out of that environment where we want to talk as adults, yeah. you know, and they you know, keep your voices down. Don't run through this area. It's a place where they can go, where they can just be the kids that they need to be when we are indoors. You know, and the sleeping thing can be tricky because I think you have to look at people's sleeping styles. Mm-hmm. You know, can can your kids sleep with a nightlight if they have to? Can the kid who can't sleep in the dark is going to need some light. So are the others going to be able to tolerate a little bit of change? And if if sleep is very rigid, you might want to make that a priority. Make sure that there's a place that people who have rigid rest needs get them because nothing will ruin a trip faster than exhaustion. Hunger and exhaustion. Hunger and exhaustion. And know yourself because if you have very specific needs that are not flexible, then be honest with yourself and maybe enjoy the company in shorter spurts. Because if you have things that are not negotiable, that are very set in stone and rigid, it, it, you know, it has to be this way, unless you're sure that the other group is very comfortable with that, but that's going to be fine. Again, maybe vacationing with other a larger group in a communal space is not the best fit. It could be campgrounds with cabins, so you have your own space. You know, you may need that, and that's okay. So... I think before you even know the other, like, be honest with yourself. Like, if you're, if you absolutely need some quiet time that you cannot be with people all the time, then, but you still like that common time, you know, camp, 
campgrounds are great because you can sit outside at the campfire, you can do some stuff together, but you also have your private away space. So picking the right place. For our families, I think the communal spaces, one, because people are pretty good about giving us space in the downtime. We, we, we do some things together, but it's not like, thank God, we're 10 of us tied at the hip. Or it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? We function much like a family does where some couple people might be doing this, you know, and sometimes there's a full group activity, but most of the time, a lot of the times it's people are doing kind of their own thing and people join in as they want. So let's talk about activities then, because I think that's really important. Having whole group activities is tradition building and really an amazing experience when you can pull it off. So I think if you can agree before you travel, but a few whole group activities that are kind of the the centerpiece of right. the trip and then allowing smaller, more spontaneous and less scripted activities to happen that allow the tired kids to stay behind if they need to or the adults that need time to just dig into that book that they've been dying to read. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, for me, I want to work on my puzzle. It is packed and ready to go, but I'm going to need some afternoon evening time where that's just what I do. You know, and maybe yeah. some kids are going to go for a walk on the beach and I might stay back and do my puzzle. But, you know, that's not that's not planned as the whole group activity. That's some of those smaller, more flexible activities that 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 um, what's the word? Mind blank. <laughs> like it, like satellite, you know. Oh, yeah, we're rotating orbit, orbit. Activities yeah. that orbit around those big central activities that are the things you hype up and you know, everybody plans together. Well, it's funny because I was thinking about that, right? Because out of all the places we've gone and done, I feel like there's been two really big hyped up activities, right? One was... Ice Castle. Ice Castles, absolutely. And the other one was recently Plymouth Plantation. Plymouth Plantation. I would have picked those two things too. So other than that, so just for background, we've gone to New Hampshire and stayed in the townhouse and we had zero things planned, I think. we, we That was our first trip. We didn't really know what we were getting into and we knew the area, but I don't think we planned. Did we that. even plan we were going to go to Storyland or was that spontaneous? I think we talked about it. You're right. I think we did. So, so now three, Storyland, which is funny because yeah. it wasn't even a big thing in my memory. Yes. I think Storyland, we talked about doing Storyland. You know why we're off track now? Because Storyland was the last thing we did before we went home. And we did so many spontaneous, fun things beforehand yes. that Storyland was like, oh, yeah, and we got to make sure we get that in. But in the meantime, we had all of these experiences from just letting the kids wade their feet into the creek for a while to walking down the street and discovering the mountain coaster that happened to be across the street from, you know. So I will tell you that, so in this condo that we rented, and it was a townhouse, behind it in New Hampshire was one of the typical mountain creeks that was running behind it, like you could see it through the trees, and our kids just not all of them, though. No. Nope. Some of them loved waiting in it and exploring it. Mostly our daughters. Those were the... If we went back, I bet they'd all go in now. Yeah. I do. But, yeah, I think, you know, not over planning or at mm -hmm. least at least having some things as plan A and then some plan Bs. But knowing that you're going to encounter some moments where sometimes the kids... Like their sneakers are soaking wet from being in the creek and yeah. you're not going to be able to go 
you know, to the movies that afternoon because you don't have another pair of shoes or whatever. It's like something is going to happen that's going to force you to find something local, something different, and that those experiences can be just as valuable as the things that you plan ahead of time. And some of it's weather dependent. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the ice castles things was a different trip. That was a winter trip. So New Hampshire, we went through in June and then we went back to Vermont, New Hampshire when it was negative 20. Yeah. Oh my God. So cold. Yeah. So cold. Ice Um, castles sub 20. That was a good time. um, So ice castles was, uh, and that was probably the thing I was looking forward. Out of all the things we've done, I was ahead of time looking forward to doing the most. And that was probably my least favorite activity we've ever done together. I don't know. When you travel with large groups, two families together with lots of kids, or if you're talking about a huge age range, if you're traveling with your elderly parents or your grandparents and someone with a toddler, if you go somewhere where there are crowds, Mm -hmm. be mentally prepared. It is very difficult to take a large group of people that you want to enjoy an activity with and go to a crowded place. I often think about this when I want to go to museums with you guys, because I think, how am I going to enjoy this with my friends when it's a it's a crowd and you can't stay together and there's the anxiety of keeping track of everybody, you know, whether it's zero degrees or not. Definitely considering who is going with you and what the environment itself will be like in terms of an enjoyment factor is a huge consideration. I, I agree. And if I could go back and redo Ice Castles, if I wanted to, first of all, it was cold, but very, very, very cold. So... It looks beautiful, and I think it is. And people have asked me, like, would you go? And what I've said is I wouldn't go as a group to that. Mm-hmm. I, and here's why, for a few reasons. One, is very hard to get through with a group of 10 people, to do almost anything as a group of 10 people when it's very structured. But it's dark. So the two things combined, trying to chase kids, you know, through shoots and, you know, where they could go where. It was, a, it, was a, it was a very stressful parent nightmare. Yeah, we also just did Plymouth Plantation and downtown Plymouth, and I enjoyed that very much. Again, the weather was much better. Our kids are a little older. Yeah. Less people, and it wasn't dark. But I think if it was more crowded, the day we went wasn't super crowded, where kids could pop into houses so you can easily lose track. I think, and we've never done this, but I do think something to consider if you're going with a group larger and you plan to stay together— Somebody take primary responsibility, almost like a field trip. Like these three, you really should start to think, treat it like more like a field trip and less like a family. Like who's watching these specific children? I totally agree. Um, Side tip, color coding your kids is a really great idea for places like this. Everyone should be wearing the same color. So, you know, you're looking for the kids in the orange shirts or you're looking for the kids in the neon yellow shirts or whatever. Huge. If you go into a dark place, light sticks, glow sticks, and, and you know, necklaces, things like that are, are brilliant. But when you're choosing your friends and family to travel with, knowing that the kids can feel comfortable and safe with all the adults in the group is very helpful, that there you have enough familiarity that you know that your child might be with another adult and that you feel just as comfortable knowing that the kids feel safe and secure and that the adults know that child well enough to anticipate some of those unpredictable things that kids tend to do. You know, I think going to a crowded place when you're not well acquainted with a family could be more problematic. 
Well, because sometimes you just have to react quickly, right? And right. our the four adults in our group have done this, and, and I'm sure it's built over time. But you know, we were just at the beach not that long ago, and you know, Brett would easily tell our kids not not in any any bad way, but just like you would your own kids, like, oh, watch out for that or be careful. He would also, you know, make sure that they got thrown in the water, just like your kids or, so it's the good and the bad, right? Like you just kind of treat the group of kids in some ways, like here's the group of kids. Oh, I'm cutting up fruit. You know, which child wants fruit? And Everyone so yeah, is offered, and, right? You know, and like, luckily nobody in our group has allergies and I think we'd be aware of stuff like that. So, so we have a little more flexibility that way. But it works, like things like that are things I think you should consider when you're looking to travel with another family. Would you be comfortable with someone else? Just, you know, and I don't even think it's like chastised, just so you like look out for that or watch out. Some people are not comfortable with anyone telling their kids anything. And if that's the case, then again, it's something to consider because you don't wanna have to be renting someone else's house and be like, oh, I watched your child break the lamp. Is that, you know, is that okay? Cause I, you know, they were walking on the couch and I thought that was a bad idea. And then they knocked over the lamp and that's how it, like you just want to be like, don't knock over the lamp, like, <laughs> right. on, you know? Right. So for the people who are listening and thinking, okay, I have a family in mind. Our kids get along great at school. This could be a cool thing to try. We haven't traveled together before. What would be some good locations for like a starter trip? to get families acquainted? You know, what would be a good, what would be some good choices you think? So I think you have to decide first off, are you going to hang out with the other group more or are you going because of the location and to split costs? And either could be fine, right? So, but you have to really figure out what it is because they don't always work the same way. For instance, when we've gone right now, we do things, but it's mostly the, the the being together. We do more simple things, and those tend to have the most success. Going crabbing. Our, our, our kids can spend hours jumping off, like, a bench into the sand. Into the sand. That's now, it. Now, we travel a distance for that. Yeah. But it makes them happy. <laughs> right. And it's, it's hard to plan a trip and be like, hey, we should go away and watch our kids jump three feet into the sand. Yes, let's spend money to do that. But it works because it's simple. There's not a lot of rules. It's very, it's very easy. So I think, you know, the whole kiss, keep it simple. You know, outdoors, if you can, if you like the outdoors, outdoor spaces are a great place to start. Yep. Water, okay. woods, beach playgrounds, places like that are great sort of starter locations that kind of are self-entertaining. They, you know, they, they self-generate entertaining experiences without having to plan too much. Yeah. Um, it can be a nice way for people to get to know each other's dynamic, watch how kids interact, see how adults interact with kids. It's kind of like a nice low-key way to sort of build that, that common experience that you can build on later when you are in a more stressful or a more planned out situation. And I think it's, I think shorter activities tend to work better. I think if you were going on a trip where it was sustained activities from, you know, sunup to sundown, you're not visiting as much anyway. So the company may, may not be as important because you really don't get to visit. So it's, it's less of a visiting thing and keep that in mind 
what are the type of activities that you can talk and laugh and do things? I, I thought about it. You know, Wade and I rented a house in Dis- near Disney one time, and it was like six bedrooms and, you know, multiple baths, and they had turned the garage into a game room, and they had, like, the house had a pool, and it had a hot tub, and we got all of that for, like, $200 a night, way cheaper than any hotel in Disney, right? And so in my mind, I'm like, well, what would it look like if we went with Brett and Kathleen and the kids to that? Like, I don't think any of us, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. I'm kind of, I am curious. I don't think we would enjoy long-term doing Disney parks as a group of 10 for our families and our person. Right? Oh, yeah, that, uh, the, you didn't that, I'm making a face. No, I can't. It's like, it's like the museums. I can kind of do the museums, but to do a whole traveling like a Disney park is such a individualized by family experience. Who can tolerate lines? What are the things that they're interested in? It would be so hard to make everybody happy. And statistically, the number of grumpy people, there's always going to be somebody. Like, let's right. just forgive yourselves, families, because you're not going to make everybody happy. There's going to be somebody who's grumping in the corner. And just don't even worry about it, because then they'll do something they want to do later, and they'll be happy, and someone else will be grumpy. Just as long as the majority of you <laughs> are enjoying yourselves. But I think statistically, the, the greater the number of people, the greater... Likelihood there are multiple grumpy people. And now if you're thrown in Disney with lines and chaos and things like that, I think right. so it's like a disaster line, to have the waiting, the grumpy, the what the, you're interested the, in. What it, yeah. Oh, I need to wait eat. an hour for a ride I didn't want to do anyway. And Bathroom now breaks. Negotiating for a lot larger of a group. So here's I, I did a hypothetical Disney trip in my mind with you guys. Would you like to go on it with me? I would let's do it. <laughs> so here's here's how I would do it. And we we I will I think we are both our families enjoy our company and mesh well. I would do it more if we had rented that house. Let's say we rented that house. We're like, listen, that's that makes it the vacation much more affordable for our families. We want to do it. I I think the one thing, if I was going to travel that like that way, maybe have a couple days. Well, first of all, my family likes some down days. So first I like, are, you know, if we're, if you're going to Disney, do you go to a park a day or do you want some downtime? And if you go to a park a day and the house is just a place to lay your head, great. We'll split the cost. You go your way. We'll go ours and we'll split the bill. And that could work, right? Or you could say, like, will we really enjoy our time together? How about, you know, we plan on, you know, we're going for a week, you know, on Tuesday and, say, Thursday, we don't have anything planned. And for those other days, you do you, we'll do us, and, you know, we'll meet up. Like, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, even, you know, if we're in the same park and we see each other, hey, great, but... You know, if you're going to one park and we're going to another, and, and the way I, reason I say that is on our vacations, we have always given ourselves permission. And it, it might have been a little uncertain at first, but it, we're very comfortable with it now. Like, you go do your thing. Like, it's okay if we don't do every single thing together. Yes. And I I think that lends to the success of it, right? Like, on, on the last trip, the going to um, the seafood place. Cooks. Was it Cooks? No, not Cooks. Cream and Cone. Cream, yeah. Um, Cream and Cone, right? So 
William, that just, he loves that place, but it hasn't been sitting with well with him. Wade is done with fried food and we've ha- we go to the Cape a little more, so we've had it. It's not the special treat it is for you. So we could go, or we could say, listen, this is something you guys have been looking forward to. We just did an act, you know, we, we had just gone kayaking. You go, we'll go feed ourselves and we'll catch up with you guys. And things like that can work well too. I think you do have to have good communication so it doesn't look like, are you upset with me? Are you ditching me? Like, oh my gosh, should I do something? Right, because it, it could look that way, you know, if you're not upfront on, hey, do you guys want to have some time alone? Like the first one that in New Hampshire, you know, toward the end of the trip, it was just like, you know, it was, we, I think we had like that rainy day. We did, day. and Brett and I were just talking about this. We went out to dinner ourselves. Yeah. And it was nice. It was nice just because you do have to put on your manners and you do have to, you know, balance all the different personalities. And Mm -hmm. sometimes having a break just for a little while is not a bad thing. It's just a, it's a healthy thing just to have, you know, the familiar for a little while, recharge and go back. You know, I would agree with you about the Disney thing though. And I want to say that like one of the bonuses to traveling with a group that has another set of adults is that on those types of days, you have the freedom to share some grown-up time responsibilities um, and gift each other a little bit of kid-free time. It's really nice to be able to say, I will watch your kids for a little while if you wanna go on a walk or you let Brett and I run in the mornings. Like that is absolutely a gift because we never get to go at the same time. So here we are, we were just saying the other day, we haven't run together this much since before we were married, which is, we used to do it all the time before. We were married and had kids. That was one of our favorite things to do is to work out together. And now like we've been able to do it because we have more help and you know, people that we trust with our kids. And we're happy to say, you guys go for a walk or go out to dinner or whatever. And we'll watch your kids. It does not have to be a long time. And certainly you would never burden somebody, you know, with something that was unfairly difficult long or, you know, during a time when your kids are hungry, stressed or anything like that. But knowing that you have some flexibility can be like the icing on the cake of your vacation. Like, Hey, not only do we get to go on vacation, but we get a little bit of adult time, which is amazing. And the different types of adult time, right? Like the, the, one of our favorite things. um, And when I can stay awake is when we, um, (laughs) after the kids go to bed or, you know, just sitting around talking like the casual talking with another couple is not something that's easy to do, you know, to coordinate babysitters and go to a restaurant. First of all, that costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to do that. Just to sit around and chat in a noisy environment. And and it's not always easy to do when the kids are awake and active because you're like, they want I want to eat. I want to this. So oh you're talking about this. I want to be involved in the conversation. You're like and I think if you find another couple to talk to the nice part is you're like, oh, you too. Like, there's so many similarities in raising kids. Like, or curiosity. It's like, what are you thinking about college? And, you know, what are you doing? What What are your thoughts? What are your plans? What are you? And so whether it's just casual conversation, which is good and healthy playing games, or, you know, just just talking in general is, is just good. So the mix up of dynamics, seeing how other people do things, 
I think is one of the benefits, which is why I'm not sure a hotel for the way our group, what, what we like best about travel together. Like, let's say we wanted to go like Niagara Falls, for instance, <clears throat> that might be harder to get like a rental house where you have a good location. Hotels make more sense for like, could potentially for a large group, right? Right. So maybe a place like that isn't that area we would choose to go because our favorite parts about vacationing together, we wouldn't get. We'd get the stressful parts, the trying to navigate a group of 10 people through a crowd, which none of us really enjoy, um, and without the corresponding downtime. Right, the shallow time. It, it is really important to us. And I think people will discover. I'm I'm curious, those of you that are listening that do travel with other families, whether you're go-getters, like go-go-go people, or whether it's the downtime, I suspect it's pretty popular to enjoy those quiet moments. And I'm and I know a lot of people will go do something separately and then meet up for dinner. You know, when when I was referring to our years on the Jersey Shore, um, our families typically had a large beach group. Mm-hmm. Most of us would go to the beach during the day, but a lot of us wouldn't. And they'd go shopping or do other things. Um, but we always all came together for dinner at the end of the day. So that was the thing that we did. And once in a while, we went out to a big restaurant as a giant group, which of course required planning and reservations. You know, But most of the time, we just cooked, which brings me to food when we travel with other families. So how do you, you know, negotiate with another family the food situation? You know, I've actually heard some different models, different from how we do it. Um, some people have one big food budget that they just, they pull money and everyone, they just take turns grocery shopping out of that yeah. same pool, which works. Some people do the, I'll get this trip, you get that trip. Same thing with restaurant bills. Either I'll do this dinner, you'll do this dinner, or each family has a separate bill, which of course makes it easier. <laughs> I had my brother visiting from Florida with his wife and his son. Um, and so my other sibling and his family and my parents and they everybody got together and we went out to hibachi we went to a restaurant with like four or five different sets of families and we did break up the check in this situation which we don't typically do and i watched this poor server take all the orders and mark everyone down like who was responsible for which children because the kids were all mixed out of order. It wasn't like us five here and these three here and those four there. It wasn't like that. It was every other and all mixed up. It was absolutely crazy. And she handled it like a pro. If you are a person who that kind of interaction causes stress and anxiety, you might be a one check, split it up amongst yourselves later kind of a person. But if you can handle being a little imposing on someone's mental time to figure it all out, splitting up the checks is a possibility too. Yeah. And that is, I think that's one of the, definitely the harder things that we, you know, the way we have done it, and I think it's our personalities. (laughs) We kind of like, it's all going to come out in the wash. So especially for buying food, you know, I know that you do more of the cooking and the prep than I do. Like, well, you and Wade probably do do more, (laughs) right? I probably do out of the, out of all the adults, I do like the least food prep. I, I might shop for it and buy it or plan it. Yeah. I, I probably do the last actual in that moment, but I usually do the cleanup. I'm, I'm more like, I'll do the cleanup. Right. And so if it was, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but if, if, if you're the type where you're like, well, what did this person do? Anyway, if you're, if kind of keeping score, mm-hmm. 
it makes for a difficult dynamic instead of now certainly make sure that you're always you know cognizant of cognizant. that you're your own weight right like that you're not just sitting down all the time I, but part of the benefit is once in a while you you don't have to do every single thing because people rotate out right so it's kind of like the tag team you know uh, it, it's a joke but i generally am the first one to bed and i'm usually the first one up so when we share a, a house most of the adults sleep in and I'll get like, it's not going to be fancy breakfast. I'm not going to make eggs or anything, but I'll make sure that they have cereal and fruit and stuff like that. And, you know, moving it along and nobody's choking while eating, especially the little kids or, you know, I think, did I make Grant butter his own stuff or like, did I, was that? Oh, that was in, um, that was in New Hampshire because your kids are able to do that. And Grant has been particularly uh, resistant to, attempting this difficult task you know spreading peanut butter can be tricky spreading butter can be tricky and he just just is such a zero to 60 frustration kid you i'm sure would agree he has come 300 and well 180 degrees he's not back to where he was he's 180 degrees. he's come i mean the kid is is so proud of himself for being able to do it that he makes toast for everybody else in the house he'll, he'll butter the toast and look does anybody else want toast you want? and i know that part of that is from really does stem from watching your kids be able to do it remember when you said being able to see how other people do things I had a I had a thought about that, and I I think it's valuable both for children and for adults. But you know, there are a lot of times where we read the articles about how you speak to your kids and how you do things in the house, how your bedtime routines are, whatever. But when you see it, and I, I know we don't always do things exactly the way we do them at home. When right. we're at, on vacation, rules are bed six ways to Sunday. Like we know that, mm -hmm. but it is really cool to learn from each other and also be able to point out and be like, this is what I'm, this is what I've been telling you about. This is that behavior I was telling you about. What do you think? You know, and just yeah. kind of get some like, like super nanny, right. That real time you're here in the moment and we can go through this together. I think it's brought us a lot closer. I agree. Cause it's, you know, it's that whole, not to be corny, but it takes a village. And when I think when it's done, at least for our personalities, and I wouldn't want to speak just for someone else, but if you have a similar personality to what you're hearing in Kathleen and myself, that it takes a village, I think that's the approach. You create your own little village on uh, when you travel together or on vacation. And there's everybody has a role and you kind of do it, it but you're not keeping score. You're not, you know, you could let the person, if somebody's really not, First of all, if somebody's really not doing it, you're probably not going to go with them again anyway, right? <laughs> but, you know, somebody might somebody might bring food for this, but then, some, you know, somebody else will make the food. So it, it's not an exact scorekeeping. And if you're comfortable with that and know that everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, and as long as the dynamic works and it doesn't make you uncomfortable with what you give. If you're going to give something, give freely, I think is one of the things. My my aunt, um, my dad's sister who is, has passed away had a saying, and I do go back to it, say yes with enthusiasm and no without regret. And I think that's something that you should feel free to do when you're, well, hopefully in almost anything you do, but for sure, right? On, on, a, on a vacation, if something's not in your comfort zone, like, you know, do you want to do this? Uh, that's not really, you know, but, but you should feel free to go. I'm, and I'm not gonna, 
you know, and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, do you want to go to Cremacone? Nah, I don't really think that's where our family wants to go, but we'll catch up with you guys later. Like you're for the whale watch, right? You're like, do you want to go on a whale watch? You were like, like not, no. so much. <laughs> not so much. Nope. <laughs> Motion sickness. No, thank you. Yeah. But <laughs> I absolutely wouldn't want you not to go if that's what you guys wanted to do because we have, you know, we'll do other things. We can, we are perfectly capable of occupying ourselves. It's not, you know, in how we're structuring the vacation, you know, an activity that's important to you guys. We'll see you later. Like, it's fine. So, you know, much like I think it would drive me crazy if my husband and I or me and the kids or all of us did everything all together every single minute, that would drive me crazy if, if we all had to, you know, like, well, we're all going to the beach right now and we're all going on a whale watch right now. And some togetherness is, I mean, that's what you're going for, right? You know, hey, let's go crabbing, you know, and maybe a kid's a little, uh, I don't know, ah, come on, give it a shot. You know, I don't really want to yeah. go to the beach. I come for a little bit, you know, with the end of it, sometimes you, you get an opt out too, you know? So yeah. it's, it's that balance, I think. So any thoughts and we're we're pretty i think we're pretty natural communicators we have learned over our experiences that we can be more and more and more direct we communicate through texting um sometimes we email back and forth ideas or sites for things um we call each other we see each other in person so we talk face to face but i was just wondering you know outside those very sort of physical methods of communicating with another family that you're traveling with do you have any ideas or tips for people about maintaining good communication for some of these really important things that need to be you know out in the open so that everyone can really enjoy themselves i think part of it is being honest about or or maybe giving some backstory too on understanding we you know we talked about it in the past like what's the one thing people need on vacation Right. Yeah. And filling in, you know, your planning partner, let's be honest, it's a lot of times it's the moms, right? Like that we're on the same page. Like, hey, I know they're going to need some downtime here. I, I have to build it in so that your, your communication, you're open about it. It's not like you tell everything about your family, of course, but that that you're aware that there could be sometimes things are easy to misinterpret. Right. So like, oh, they're really quiet. I tend to do this now, but less, but if you don't know them, oh, are they mad? Are they, well, no, because when you're with someone 24 hours a day, the, the hour sustained of, hey, how's it going? You know, if you're not talking to me by hour 10 or you're not talking, it's not personal. It, that's what life looks like. It's, 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 you know, sort of think about what would your family look like? You know, I mean, you're not going to be like, okay, let's go play a board game now and now let's go swimming now. It's not sustainable. Like you need downtime, you need to chill, you need to, so you need to make sure that you understand what you're seeing, but also feel free to check in like, hey, yes. right? Like, and, and be honest, like you, yes. have, don't let the, like, like if something's not working for you and it's, it's affecting the whole thing, don't let it stew. Hopefully that you've got a good relationship. Like, you know what? I really need, I need to go for a run. I need downtime. I just need to chill out. I need to go for a ride. I need to do need whatever some vegetables. You need. <laughs> right. I need a vegetable for the love of God. <laughs> like, oh my God, we need something healthy in this house. Anything, something green, something with some hydration in it. Oh, vacation can be so rough on your digestion. <laughs> yeah, it can. And, you know, 
<laughs> and then when you live in with another family and everyone's got like, you know, vacation food tummies and everyone's grumpy, it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to laugh. It is. And that's the other thing too. Like just know it's, there's going to be some ugly moments. Like it just, it is. You're, you're with another, you've got to, you have to be forgiving of others and yourself. Golden rule. I mean, always. If yeah. you need people to be honest with you, you need to be honest with other people. And if you need people to allow you to opt out, you need to allow other people to opt out without judgment. I mean, these really, what would you want and give that back, you know? Yeah. And, and maybe it's our personality, but brutal honesty is not always necessary, right? Like, no. honestly, I don't know that brutal honesty is ever necessary for the most part, despite the fact that I feel like my kids feel like it's their like, mission to be brutally <laughs> honest with each other, but they don't enjoy it. Nobody enjoys it. So being honest, so you get what you want, but also being kind to remember how it's going to be received. So I think that is something to, to kind of consider and balance because, you know, you're kind of committed to the space for a little bit and an awkward silence for days on end, like, would be weird. And, you know, Amy, I, this is maybe on topic, off topic. I don't know. But bef before we're wrapping this up, I want to say that one thing I really appreciate about you guys is that you don't undermine our parenting you know, we do have the ability to set limits on each other's children and to break up conflicts, to resolve conflicts, to spoil each other's kids a little bit. But we definitely know each other's limits as parents well enough to know not to cross those boundaries. Yeah. You know, and I... I think that that's really important. Even if we were vastly different parents, which we're not, we're certainly not identical, but we aren't vastly different. No. Nope. But I think even if we were, uh, our mutual respect for each other's families is such that I don't think we would ever do such a thing. And I think that that's important too, is to know that you're traveling with somebody who won't challenge your authority in front of others and mm -hmm. can sort of have those conversations like in a good marriage, right? Have right. those conversations behind closed doors and not sort of in front of the group. Yeah. There's an awkwardness at first because you're trying to be on your best behavior. Or at least I know Wade and I were the first time we went away. Like, oh, I, you know, okay, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. In our introduction, we talked about asking each other hard questions, right? <laughs> asking ourselves hard questions about traveling. We're starting to, to dabble into this a little bit. I was wondering if you were going to bring this up because <laughs> the whole how you behave with your spouse when you're vacationing Right? with other people so go ahead because this is this is honest stuff here so <laughs> my spouse and i communicate differently than your spouse and you do and that everybody does right correct so wade and i tend to more bicker from time quickly bicker but 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 and then it's over and it blows over and we're fine. Like, but it's like, we just have to get it out. And you guys are super nice to each other and don't really fight <laughs> as much. <laughs> and so the first time we went, it's like, hold, oh my God. It's like trying to hold, you know, and be all polite out in public. Right. And <laughs> like holding it in. It was hard. And oh my God, he and I ended up getting in a massive fight over nothing just because we couldn't bicker for two days because we didn't feel as a, where we, like. <laughs> you had the bicker backup. <laughs> oh my God, I did. We just like, backed up the bickering. And we just, I don't know what we're at. Well, we just needed to like, and then we get along perfectly fine and it's over. It, but it's just, you know, and we don't even realize we're doing it. And I'm sure there's like, you could say like, you know, but you don't want to make other people uncomfortable just 
like right. talking your normal way, you know, right. and, and I, I, it's not like, please don't people listening think my husband and I are bickering all the time. No, it's not it's like just, that If we disagree, we quickly just work it out and maybe we don't like, it's, it's not like a hallmark. Like, I don't know, dear. What do you think? Well, I don't it's like, what are you doing? Knock it off. Fine. Okay. And then we're fine. <laughs> But see, this too is like another example of seeing how other people do it. Right. Right. Like I, you're right. We, we don't bicker. Um, yeah. We disagree in a very different way yeah. <laughs> where I, I don't know. We could talk a whole episode, I think, on how couples do do this. I think we are uh, hopeless compromisers, which is good, but it's not always good. Because sometimes you just need to put your foot down and ask for what you want. And, you know, we've been married for 14 years. Yeah. And I'm getting a lot better at speaking up and being like, this time, I don't think I want to compromise on this. Like I, this is what I want. And I, that's something I wasn't able to do until even very recently. So I think we've avoided the conflict through yeah. just this understanding that there's always going to be just sort of like tweet, 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 tweet. And everything is just, which is exhausting. Right. But knowing how people can have conflict with each other and then recover quickly is a really awesome thing for me to see. Amy, like, it's great for me to see that it's okay to sort of express your emotions quickly and strongly and then and move on. Like, no, there's no, you know, it's not like there's no, there's no name calling, you know, when it's done well, it's done efficiently. <laughs> it's not, you're not, there's no, it's not mean. It's, it's just, it's just very interesting. Well, and on the flip side, you know, it's easy to get complacent with that too, and just be short tempered. So Right. Seeing, seeing yourself through other people's eyes also be like, you know, yes. when you've been married for a while, you're like, oh, you know, I wouldn't treat other people like this. Yep. You're the person I love the most. I should probably stop being so comfortable with you. Like, you know what? You deserve so asking ourselves hard questions. What's hard about traveling with each other's families? We've talked about we're, we're superstars, right? We talked about how what a great job we do. I struggle seeing myself through other people's eyes. Absolutely. So one thing that I have a really hard time with is excessive screen time that I allow. And I know it's vacation and I know I'm allowing myself to do it. And I even, I tout that. I'm like, it's okay. You, you know, it's, this is not what you do every day. This is not, you know, letting them on for the third time of the day (laughs) to play on their iPads on, you know, but I still struggle with that when we travel because I wondering what that looks like. Well, it's funny because on our first that's probably where our families are the most different right we've started mm-hmm. the most polar opposite we we had come off a of vacation where we're like we had zero screen time we never turned the tv on we didn't bring tablets we're like and you know that you guys do more screen time than that like you know when that we went together yes. and at first it was like wow that's a that's a lot of screen time mm-hmm. and and I, that probably was one of the harder things to negotiate. And especially like your kids had tablets and I'm like, well, you can watch them. I'm not bringing yours. Right. And we've evolved. Right. So now I'm more flexible and like, listen, I'm not going to make you just watch other people play Minecraft on your tablet, on their tablets. And I feel like that's probably somewhere where we've kind of met more in the middle where I have allowed more. You guys probably do a little less when we're together like during that time right and we've grown together and we save it for this like we've kind of like it's uh, like our wonder twin powers have activated right like 
We're always on the same page now. Almost always on the same page about when it's time to say yes to screens. Yeah. Like, no, run around the house for a little while longer. It's beautiful out. Yep. You hold know? back, hold back, hold back. Oh, it's time for us to sit yep. and maybe have Open a bottle wine. of wine. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, okay. yeah, you go. But, and, we, and we don't waste it, right? We don't right. waste the free time. We're like, yeah, no, no. No, you can do something creative, something creative. Go for a walk. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Okay, now you could do some screen And that time. came with time, too. It came with our kids knowing how to entertain each other and how to, mm-hmm. how to because there's six of them, you know, knowing how to pair up and switch those pairs depending on the dynamic of the group at the time. You know, a decent range from, you know, eighth grade down to first grade, you know, and before it was when we first started, it was, what, three years old to sixth grade. So it, it right. a range. I will say that it is really hard, though, having all this technology so readily available because they they aren't as bored and self-occupying as much as I certainly was when we were on vacation. I could, I even... We have to worry about their safety. We have to make sure there's enough space for them to do the kind of exploring that we want them to do. But, you know, this week here at home, our kids are in half-day basketball camp. And so we have a lot less screens this week. This is activity week. And this week they get, they've had about an hour of video game time. But because there's been so much less, a puzzle has been taken out. Anna has taken out her summer school packet she's done like five pages of her math i mean julian's reading another book for like the third time which is what he does but you know they've gone swimming we went twice in the pool today and today actually because of the thunderstorms coming and needing me needing to get cooking done in time and us hanging out actually (laughs) i allowed more than the usual time but because we set the precedent this week about all those other activities as soon as it was off they went right back to doing the puzzle. And so I have to remind myself, it's comfortable to fall back on those activities, but really they can do, they can do more. They can. It's, it's hard though. It it is hard. And I think that's the nice part about getting to see a glimpse into other families, because sometimes let's be honest, you know, you're like, Hey, my family, we're not doing so bad. Healthy eating. You guys do a great job. Like it's, you know, it's like, hey, we could do better, right? And, you know, maybe, like, screen time, we we do less screen time. You're like, oh, look, we find other. So, huh, not in a way to compare, but go like, okay, here's We're some growing. Growing, right? And yes. From seeing other, and isn't that the point, one of the reasons why we do this podcast, right? Because you can't experience everything on your own, necessarily. We, we do best when we learn from others and take from their experiences, whether it's how to travel better with our family, how to travel better with other families, or, or just the journey through life itself. Like learning through others, like really cuts some of, you know, cuts down that learning curve. And that's not a bad thing. You don't have to figure out everything on your own. You're like, huh, I can, I can, I can see what you're doing there. And that's a great yeah. idea. I'm, I'm going to like how you pack your beach bag. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that people listening have been inspired to take the leap and, invite someone to grow with because it's really been one of the best things that's ever happened to me for sure. Um, And I think our kids have memories now that they're going to have the rest of their lives and look forward to, you know, doing more and hearing stories from other people who do group travels. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, very grateful for your family and for the (laughs) families that are, are joining us on this, on this journey with us and just grateful. 
Yes. I think uh, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We have a follow-up on the comment about Grant learning how to butter his bagel. <laughs> <laughs> learning new skills and developing independence when you're traveling is an opportunity not to lose. Um, and something that when it's done with a little bit of mindfulness can be really life-changing for people. So stay tuned for our next episode on growing independence. Better Family Travel is made possible by the amazing folks from CMG Podcast Network. Check out their list of unique podcasts growing to over 40 and their production services offered at clovercrestmedia.com. Please leave us feedback wherever you're downloading our podcast and join our community on Facebook to stay current on our topics and our resources.